I should warn you, I've actually never done this before, so I have no <laughs> idea. Like, it might be horrific. Um, be prepared to do a lot of editing, very possibly. <laughs> Podcast Junkies, episode 137. Welcome back. Did you enjoy last week's episode with Amanda Dowdy as much as I did? You must have heard us laughing throughout the whole episode. She's such a bundle of joy and energy, and she's just as much fun in person, and I can't wait to reconnect with her. So if you missed that, check that out. She's the host of the Great Beer Adventure podcast, and we talk about all her adventures getting the show started and the fun that she's been having going to conferences. It was just wide ranging and really fun. So make sure you check out episode 136. This week, we have a conversation with Claire Duffy. Now, Claire is new to podcasting, and I didn't realize just how new she was until we started getting deep into the conversation. We connected via Twitter, and sometimes I just get naturally curious when I see interesting shows, even if they're not that old. Uh, Claire's got a handful of episodes in the can. What I think was interesting for me is this idea of shining a spotlight on the women of Hollywood land, as she likes to say. I don't know if many people know that the Hollywood sign used to actually say Hollywood land until the land piece fell down and now it just says Hollywood. So it's a great podcast and it uncovers some really, really interesting women who were some heavy hitters uh, back in the 1910s and 1920s. And it focuses on those uh, female filmmakers and directors and really pioneers uh, in that time. So it was interesting to understand what motivated her uh, to start the podcast. She's a great uh, screenwriter. I, I think it's in, in her genes to take something on and, f- and have the belief that she can start it on her own. And all she did for the podcast was to watch videos, which is really interesting and we talked through the the journey of that. And I'm, I'm really excited that she saw a need to communicate a topic that she was really passionate about. And she took it upon herself to start the show. So kudos to her for that. We talk about the first time she considered screenwriting as a career, how her fascination with films started, where she went for information to get her podcast up and running. Uh, we talk a little bit about the first podcast she ever heard. And then we dive into what to expect down the road with the women of Hollywood land. So please check that out. A new podcaster, but definitely a veteran in her own right. This episode is brought to you by Podbean. I wanted to dive into the patron program on Podbean. It's a seamless way for fans to support you directly from your podcast, and you can instantly receive recurring payments. Now, regular listeners may get this slightly confused with Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, which is a separate standalone site, but as a member of Podbean and as a customer of Podbean, you get to participate in their own program. And that's found at patron, P-A-T-R-O-N dot Podbean dot com. So a couple of features are that it you can set up a recurring income stream, you can customize the pledge amounts, and it's free to set up. Uh, there's no fee at all to set it up. So you can actually raise funds directly from the podcast app. Head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies and click on the patron program at the top to get more information. Full show notes will be available at podcastjunkies.com slash 137. Make sure you stay till the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. Thanks to all who are playing along. But for now, enjoy my conversation with Claire. Claire Duffy, welcome to Podcast Junkies. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So it's uh, so you just mentioned that this is the first time you're doing a... Is it a first time podcast interview? Yes, it is. I think it might be my first interview at all actually so <laughs> congratulations <laughs> how is how is that possible how is it possible that you've never been interviewed in your in your illustrious career well possibly because uh, I've been a screenwriter up until now and nobody really gives a monkeys about screenwriters at all we're pretty much this sort of a non I always think um there was a scene in Friends. I don't know if you remember. It was when Joey was on that soap opera and there was a, a scene where he was saying something about the writers and it cut to this like shadowy room where all you could see was like fingers and a keyboard being and they I don't know, took some revenge on his character or something. And I was like, yeah, that's how the world sees screenwriters. Basically, we're just like shadowy fingers on a keyboard being bitter, <laughs> but which is about right. Yeah. But so when did you decide that that was even something you would consider as a career? Well, screenwriting. Yeah. Um, 
It kind um I was kind of always wanting to go into the industry. I've been obsessed with film and 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 TV and theater. Ugh. Honestly, do you know I'm actually just thinking about this now, but I wrote a spec script for 90210 when I was in the 6th grade, which wow. was the first year, oh, 7th grade it must have been. I'm not quite that old. Um, we lived in the States and um, it, it was like the first summer we lived there that it started. And I was like, oh, this is how I'm going to learn how to be an American. And um, I, for some reason, I was just so fascinated with it that I sat down and I kind of wrote what I suppose really it was fan fiction before. I don't even know if fan fiction existed in the early 90s. But and I had this like whole fantasy that I was going to send it off and they were going to let me come to California and write the show. <laughs> And so probably I was kind of always going to be a screenwriter uh, from then. I, I went to drama school and I studied directing. So I worked in, in theatre in London for the first couple of years. And then I, I thought up an idea for a TV show, which now I think about it was very much like 90210, but set in London. And uh, I was just so taken with the it, kind of the power in a way of just creating characters and being able to do anything that I wanted with them. Um, and then about three months after that I applied to film school in Vancouver and um yeah I've been a screenwriter ever since wow that's some story uh, <laughs> what's interesting for me is that um you know you, you never th I don't know if do you, do you think about the journey that it's taken you so far because when you first thought you had this vision in your mind of what you saw on tv or you know as a fan of the movies um you know so do you think that's something that and, and and think about where it might take you or just or are you the type of person that just goes with the flow um probably a bit of both in some ways and in fact my journey in some ways I think over the past I mean it's been over a decade that I've been working as a, a screenwriter when I say working at I, I don't buy an awful lot of stuff with screenwriting money but I technically I have a career um Probably the journey I kind of I started off not thinking about it as a, a career or an industry where you get you know promotions and that kind of thing. It was all about the make believe for me. It's always just been about creating characters and making them do things that that I loved. Um, and I think then when I started actually working in the industry and like I got my first agent and I had my first couple of options, then all of a sudden I was like, right, what's what's Channel Four going to be buying or what what's this new Netflix thing? And and I started becoming this real like career screenwriter, and it took so much of the joy of writing away from me because I wasn't just making up stories and uh, and I, I'm really really motivated by working with actors as well I kind of say I have like a crush on just actors yeah. in general all of them I'm I'm so in awe of what they do um, and so for me it's it's a lot about creating characters that amazing actors can can play and can put their creativity into um, and I, I say, yeah, I kind of I lost that for a while. And then a couple of years ago, I made a choice that I wasn't like I still screenwrite and I still have some projects in development. But I started looking into other things like podcasting, for example, and created this sort of like patchwork career so that I could sort of get away from this idea of climbing the industry and could just go back to when a story comes to me that just feels like it has to be on screen, then then it becomes a screenplay. Yeah. And if not, then it might be a podcast. What is your earliest uh, movie memory? Oh, that's a tough one. My very earliest, do you know it was probably Annie? And the reason for that is that in the early 80s, mid 80s, my family bought a VCR, although it was actually a Betamax that I don't think they even exist anymore. And we went to our local video uh, shop. This is a, a town called Bridge of Weir in Scotland. And for some bizarre reason, my dad and I went and we decided that we were going to work our way through the children's section, starting with A. And so the first movie we rented was Annie. And I suppose I must have been to the cinema before then. But for whatever reason, that's the first one that, that sort of pops to mind when you ask the question. And I, I remember sitting there howling at it like you do the bit where you know, she gets taken away from daddy warbucks and goes with the hannigans and i just honestly i was like, <gasps> like my whole body kind of like racked with sobs and, and i think that was the first time that it really hit me that the power of, of of any story but particularly a screen i think somehow seeing it and you just get it, it it's such a, a 3d experience hearing the actors voices and seeing their expressions and you get caught in the story so yeah, I think that's probably the, the first time that I was like, oh, 
the movies. The movies, yeah. I think everyone has that memory because we're so small mm -hmm. and the screen's so big, so everything is just gi mm -hmm. gigantic to us. So that, you know, because we connected because of your podcast, Women of Hollywood Land, and obviously mm -hmm. you can tell that you are incredibly passionate about uh, the film industry. And so this is, after our, our long introduction, this is the roundabout way of, of coming, <laughs> bringing, tying it all back into yeah. the podcast. It's so, always a roundabout way with yeah. me. I should have warned you, no, maybe. Well, it, uh, you'll come to find that, that that's how most of these episodes go, because I, just, I tend to follow threads. And I just, mm -hmm. when they're presented, I pull them because I'm interested in, in seeing where they go. Um, so when did you, I just want to go one one more question on just your just your love and and knowledge because you can be passionate about films but it, you seem to almost uh take it to a scholarly <laughs> point of view from from the amount of information that you presented so it's not just you know the nostalgia but it's also the the, the rich stories that are behind it so when was there a moment when you felt like that transition where you're just a fan of it to you now you needed felt like you needed to be a student of it um I'm not sure if there's one one. It was probably a bit of a process, actually. Um, I, I mean, I've been fascinated with the the birth of cinema since. It's kind of awful, actually. I've kind of got this, you know, feminist podcast, and the reason that I got into that period is so unfeminist. I was in love with Robert Downey Jr. when I was 12, and so I went to see the movie Chaplin. Actually, I snuck out of school. I remember distinctly, and like uh, went out and saw it, and just this idea of the the industry that I was already fascinated by, this is probably around the same time I was writing the spec script of 90210, um, seeing the birth of it and just seeing them making stuff up that we just kind of take for granted as has always been. So that kind of started off my my fascination with the, the birth of, of cinema in the, the 1910s and 1920s. And I've just read voraciously about it ever since. And I am a bit of a, a history geek in general, like that's sort of my go-to relaxing read is usually a book on some period of history, which is how cool I am. Um, and so I guess I've always come at it from a slightly academic perspective. Um, and when I started planning out the podcast, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts around the period. And with a couple of exceptions, one of the things that really frustrated me about podcasts, and actually a few of the books I've read too, is that people just state oh blah 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 happened without explaining what their source was or where that comes from and, and there's so many rumors and, and misinformation and, and sometimes uh, there's been like the official studio version of a given story that people accepted at the time but actually has since been debunked but then I hear people telling the story that they thought at the time and I'm like no actually we know better than that now and you need to kind of acknowledge that so it was really important to me that this podcast had, I, I don't know if I quite reach a, an academic level of sources, but I wanted to really say, okay, this is the information I have, and this is where I got it, and this is why I believe this version, but you might think differently. Because the fact is, I don't know everything. Like, I wasn't I wasn't there, I can't, but nobody does. You know, you only know kind of what you read. So, so yeah, I guess it sort of two threads of interest kind of like came together my obsession with film and obsession with history into one podcast <laughs> well that's a third passion right <laughs> because exactly because it, you had the the blog initially right and, mm -hmm. the, and the website so can you talk a little bit about that journey when you decided to put it on uh, in writing and then and then where that went and where that content is headed uh, well, that's something that I've been playing with. I actually started off with this whole project with a screenplay. It was actually the first screenplay that I wrote when I was at film school was set in this period. And it was about, you know, like a young female filmmaker and how she was going to make it. And uh, if there's anybody listening who knows anything about the film industry, they'll understand why a brand new writer with this like historical epic wasn't great for the old career thing. So for years and years and years, I've sort of put this whole thing aside and just been like, oh, it's just my hobby. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to sell it. Just put it to one side. But it almost became this, um, like, if I was frustrated with something else I was writing or if I was afraid that I was falling out of love with the industry a, a little bit, like if I had, I don't know, a rejection that hit hard or something, I would, like, treat myself to a day working on this. Like, it's been my sort of, like, my happy place it for a long time. 
Kind of, yeah. And and sometimes, yeah, I skip to the dessert because because you just, yeah, you have to. And I think you just have to keep that that joy in storytelling and 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 filmmaking, or else you're you're just dead in the water. So so it's something that I've kind of I've built and I've built and I've built for a really really long time. Um, and then it was, I've kind of I think I started a blog on it quite a few years ago, but I I never quite knew what the direction was. I I, mean, I think it was it was very general and. Then I tried doing a kind of fiction blog. So I, I've been toying with different ideas for quite a long time. Um, and then it, it started to kind of come together and I realized what my take on it, which was that I really specifically wanted to focus on the female filmmakers and and the fact that nobody nobody knows that they ever existed anymore. Um, and you know, the funny thing is it started as a podcast and a total whim. Like I was writing this blog and, you know, I was very happy with it and it was starting to say some things that I wanted to say. And there was, you know, a handful of, of hits that were starting to build. And and I think I was listening to a podcast and I suddenly thought, I'm going to see if I can do this. And within, I think, 24 hours, I'd like put up the first episode and I was like, oh, I don't even know how to do a podcast. What am I going to do next? Oh, right. Oh, I wasn't expecting this. Okay, Ooh, here we go. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how the podcast, and that's the reason that I think I put out three or four episodes and then I had to stop and learn how to do a podcast and then kind of come back and start again it's so funny because um you know we've talked we talked about it in the email exchange but i you know i normally wait till i have uh, people that have been doing it for a while but i just thought it was so interesting that the topic that you picked and because i think you know if i I don't have like a, a million listener platform, but I have a little bit of a platform. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. there's opportunities to spread a message that especially in this mm -hmm. environment, in our current environment, I think, you know, every, every little bit helps. So I, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. And some of the stories that you were, you were telling, I'm sure would be news for uh, mm -hmm. any, anyone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I'm so glad that, that you did find me because yeah, I'm just figuring out how on earth is, I've been really gratified and really thrilled at the amount of people that have been listening so far. And I've, I've got some comments and emails and I'm a bit like, oh, there's people out there in the world listening to my stories. This is amazing. But yeah, I'm very, very much at the beginning and, and very much learning as I, I go on. But it one of the, the reasons that I, I, as I've been explaining, I've always been obsessed with this topic for a long time. But um, it amazes me how topical it is because, I mean, it comes up every few years. There's this whole we have to get women into Hollywood. And, you know, I mean, like Wonder Woman just a few a couple of months ago, it was like this thing. Hold on a minute. There can be female dominated films and yeah. they can be quite good and people can watch them. And what? It's this whole kind of shock. And so I'm always like, this is it new. <laughs> you know, the, the industry started with this incredible creativity that anybody who was creative and um, I, I think it, it fascinates me so much, like having been a female filmmaker myself, I went through film school and I just remember accepting that it was like a guy thing to do, that I was like intruding in this this male world. And I, I wouldn't say that I personally really experienced um, feeling a great deal of like unwelcomeness, but I did feel like a novelty. I did feel a bit like this sort of pioneer, one of this new generation of female filmmakers. And then I discover that like my great grandma's age were totally ruling Hollywood. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, a subject that's fascinating to me on so, so many levels, including quite personal. Are, are you, do you find that you're normally um, a self-starter and a and a ready fire aim type of person? Because it seems like that's the approach you took with the the podcast, and I think mm -hmm. your it almost speaks to your desire to get your voice heard. Um, took over any fear you might have have about had about not knowing what to do. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I think. Um... I think if anything, I'm possibly a little bit too ready, steady, go, because there's times that I'm just like, oh, like, you know, there's a project that just grabs me and I'm, you know, we'll just sit and I'll do it and I'll get it out there. And then I'll go, oh, I should have done five more things that if I just done, taken half an hour to learn how to do this, because uh, I think the first episode, I actually ended up taking it down and replacing it because it was just, I don't think I even had a mic at that point. I think I like, ran to Amazon quick. One needs a mic in order to podcast. Um, so yeah, that's kind of always been my approach and maybe partly because I've always had this idea of being this sort of 
yeah, pioneer type, you know, it's almost like there's no rules for women in the film industry because there are no women in the film industry. Whereas maybe like guys of my age would have looked at, at Steven Spielberg or George Lucas and been like, I want that career. I want to mm. copy what they did. I didn't really have those. Um, not to the same extent, at least. And so in some ways, it's maybe it's a thin argument. I wouldn't say it's positive that there are so few women in the industry. But if you are going to take a positive from it, it's that sometimes it just feels like, well, you know what? I I have things I want to say and I'm just going to figure it out. And it's all a little bit a little bit wild west in a way. So can you talk? I'm sure there are people that are curious because I know that there's people that normally listen to podcasts and, and several podcasters who listen in. But there could be someone who's passionate about a topic and, you know, was, was thinking, should I, what am I going to get myself into? So if you could just, you know, just those, those few couple of weeks leading up to it, like, where did you start going for information and, and to get you started? Um, honestly, probably YouTube tutorials was, was what, and I think I, I think I literally Googled how to do podcast. And I mean, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, and so I kind of had a, a bit of a sense because sometimes they talk a little bit about their process. And so I sort of felt like I had a vague idea. And I guess I mean, I've worked a little bit in radio drama um, as an assistant producer like a million years ago. So I had a vague sense of, of some of what would be uh, involved. And yeah, I pretty much just searched steps for for doing your your podcast and um and then yeah I think I, I learned to audio edit on a YouTube tutorial I wish I could find the link actually because it was brilliant it was like 12 minutes and I was like boom done that's interesting because I, I think people just they overthink it sometimes and it's just a testament to not only that your willingness to get it out there but probably the way uh I think I, I found it is just because I, I try to engage on several platforms, but then I saw the how how niche your subject was, and again maybe it's because it's the first one I found, or or the mm -hmm. fact that um, you know someone who wasn't even originally from this country has such a passionate love for American film, you know, is is another mm -hmm. interesting interesting story in and of itself. So um, so I'm wondering if you could talk. Uh, a little bit about what the response has been because you know I, uh, from the time it's been out and the fact that I think we're at six episodes you know it's it must mm -hmm. be it must have resonated with some people for them to reach out so early it, it seems to have which is uh which has been really thrilling I mean as I think it's pretty like teeny in terms of you know downloads and numbers to be honest, I don't even know how you can tell how many people listen to your podcast like that's that's where I'm at I don't even where, where maybe are you? there's yeah, the, where are you hosting? Um, Lip, Lipson. Lipson, okay, okay. Lipson, and th that I got from okay. like Google, how where to host podcast, what does one do? Well, that's a good one, actually. I'm good friends with them, okay. um, and I've had a couple of the folks from Lipson actually on this show, so it's, they're good, oh, they're really? good, yeah, they're good people, Rob and Elsie, uh, they have their own podcast, so. Um, oh, I should check that out. Yeah. There could be a lot of information I could learn. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah I they'll, find... be, they'll be happy to hear that. Um, oh, but it's, it's funny because we normally don't get into the technical specifics of it, but it, the fact that you mentioned that you didn't even know <laughs> or remember, <laughs> I, I, it's just funny. Just is a reminder to the listeners, like exactly just how um, you know how few time you've been you've been doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was March. I put the first one up, or towards the end of March, and. I just came across, and again, I wish I could remember exactly where it was, but it was about marketing podcasts. I was like, okay, I've got a handful of episodes. I'm going to see what I can do to try and, and get the word, word out there a tiny bit. And I came across um, an article from a very successful podcaster, who, again, I wish I could remember. I've saved the link somewhere. But he said something like, um, when I first started, I got a 1,000 downloads in my first six months. And I was like, right, I'm going to make sure I, at least I've done that. And I just have. So I'm like, yes, I'm like a thousand downloads in four and a half months. Congrats. So I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you were talking about the, you're about to start talking about the, the response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. That, well, I started um, an Instagram um, around the same time. It was um, originally, I just, I was going to do this Instagram where um, I, just wanted to post pictures of of these women and I think it was actually as I started to get um, a handful of comments on that and I didn't even know that there was women directing in this period that I think it was 
I mean, it was all within a few day period, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast on it. So, um, so that's kind of been my main sort of channel um, so far. And um, yeah, some of the response have just been amazing that it's mostly been, I had no idea that these women existed and why don't more people know about this? And I'm like, I know, I agree. Um, and and one thing I've been really, really, really thrilled to hear is, is people appreciating that there there is you can kind of tell that there's a, a bit of research has gone into it um so that's been really positive as well and a little bit on on twitter but my my personal twitter is such a mismatch of everything that i don't think anyone who's interested in my work would have a clue what i was on about half the time yeah i think um well people will have their own preferred channel for getting c connected with you and i i think the topic lends itself well to photos as well <laughs> You know, so people can relate to that and that, that may speak to why it's so popular on Instagram. But I, I feel like it's almost a matter before it, it makes its way in, in, into the ears, <laughs> if you will, of, you know, some of the women directors who are making a name for themselves now. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe we can put the positive intentions out now that, you know, someone, uh, some of the, the bigger names would, would, uh, give Let's it a listen, give that. it a listen. I hope so. There's been, I would say probably, Oh, I can't be certain exactly, but very at least half, possibly the majority of my followers on Instagram, I think are are female filmmakers in various guises. Some directors, some screenwriters, quite a lot of producers. Um, so I think it is something that very instantly resonates with women who, you know, like me, have probably worked their whole lives with this awareness of we're invading in like guy territory to all of a sudden be like, oh, hold on a minute, there's this whole other other world that we that we didn't know about this almost it's almost in some ways I think the prehistory of Hollywood that's mm -hmm. people think of old Hollywood like Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant but they were like the grandkids of of the period that I'm talking about um so yeah so I think that that other female filmmakers definitely seem to be be quite excited when they come across it but you know I think film is so universal everybody whether you're like a film fan or not we all go to the cinema we all watch tv it's and and the films that are being made i think they they set the the sort of the conversation in so many ways i mean look at look at the ghostbusters look at um wonder woman it brought up so many conversations about feminism and about what women are supposed to be and um and the the roles for women and the places for women um so i think that in theory anybody should be should be concerned with who's making the films that are setting the actually the global conversation really mm -hmm. um so hopefully in theory everybody will want to listen to my podcast <laughs> and have you been connecting with any of uh or any people who are podcasting as well because um, i don't know how much into the community you've you've stepped into but i know there's it's mm -hmm. it's a really generous community and, and they're always willing to to give back so i don't know if you've started down that process of connecting with other podcasters um i haven't really yet that's probably next on my to-do list to to kind of try because it, it does it seems to be that way and I'm, i feel like i'm like kind of like the new kid at the edge of the party being like does anyone want to come and play with me um because yeah i mean i'm addicted to podcasts i i've subscribed to like a thousand and i listen to them constantly and uh, yeah there's so many that i'm like oh maybe they'll be my friend or they'll be my friend or um and actually funny enough i I had drafted out an email to just kind of make a start, just reaching out to a handful of podcasts that I listened to that I think maybe there'd be a bit of crossover with people who'd be interested in in mine. And I was about to start sending it when I realized it was the 4th of July and you were all a wee bit busy with your oh, hot dogs and things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll do that next week. Yeah. Um, where is home for you? Uh, Scotland. Scotland. And... Um... How often do you get, or have you been to the States? Uh, well, I grew up in the States. I yeah. lived in Connecticut from when I was 10 okay. till 15, I think, about. Um, and I still have family over there. So, um, yeah, every, every few years. The last time was about a year and a half ago. My cousin got married in uh, Savannah in Georgia, which oh, was wow. stunning. Nice. Yeah, I'd never been to that part of the world. I actually went like 10 days early, and I went down to New Orleans, and I very nearly never left. I'm like, I like, I want my ashes scattered in New Orleans. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah, we tend to um, think think of it as a separate country sometimes. 
yeah, that was actually one of the things that fascinated me about it. I was like, this is so unique. It's it's not American yet. It's not not American. Yeah. It's oh, it's oh phenomenal. I could talk to you all night about New Orleans. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I did a little a, a train trip actually around that kind of corner last two Novembers ago. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure when the next one is going to be actually. Actually, I have a, a movie that's just had a semi-confirmed shoot date uh, as much as indie film is ever confirmed, which is basically never, uh, for next spring, which should be in Canada. But um, I think I'd probably try and get a little American trip in there if, if I'm allowed to go to the set, hopefully. Well, what you'll find is if you step into the podcast community with both feet, there's conferences, right? And then so there's podcasting conferences we're heading to one in here in anaheim in august called podcast movement and there's going to be about two thousand podcasters and it's just all people <laughs> like you know we're, oh, that's, our, that's our, amazing yeah, our whole community is there and just you know we learn about everything related to podcasting from the editing to production to marketing and it's gotten mm-hmm. so big that uh, the big names have shown up to speak so mark maron uh, sarah koenig you know just wow who's who of podcasters so it's a it's a three-day podcasting nerd fests <laughs> oh that sounds amazing i think i would choose that over like comic-con like that sounds fantastic <laughs> so do you remember Maybe. your uh do you remember your the first podcast you heard do you know it may well have been serial actually or at least the first that i really listened to and got into and suddenly went oh that's what this podcasting thing is uh, it was either that or possibly the self-publishing podcast i follow that um because i also kind of starting to dip my toe into indie authoring um a little bit and i came across them oh probably around the same time so yeah one one of those two kind of big ones that i may have listened to the odd episode beforehand but finally understood the brilliance of what a podcast could be i think what's so interesting and engaging especially when you first come across it is how intimate it is and how Mm. because of the nature how we consume it we consume it with our earbuds on and we're usually alone so it's it's this almost like one-on-one conversation that's happening you know because that that's the nature of the of the medium oh exactly there's something it's i mean i've been blogging in various capacities for almost as long as there's been blogs i think and we kind of had that in blogs to begin with, and then I feel like it's it's lost it a little bit. I think so many people went off and became, you know, famous and millionaires through blogging. I didn't, by the way. Um, but it sort of, it, it feels like podcasting has stepped into that niche, but then also, as you say, because it is, if someone's speaking, you can hear them talking, you can hear them hesitate and think and even cough sometimes if they're as bad an editor as I am. <laughs> Um, I think I did one of my episodes when I had a cold and I got to the point when I was editing that I could actually recognize a sniff by the sound waves. <laughs> like, That's what it happens. Took me, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, I don't think I ever wanted to know what my sniffs looked like. But now I do. So that's, that's something podcasting has given me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, you, you, the, the coughs and the ums, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are definite patterns there. What you have to be um, careful of is not get overzealous and you cut it out so when you listen to it it sounds like the person isn't breathing and that's mm-hmm. even and that's even creepier <laughs> so i think early podcasters make that mistake they try to make it super clean but that's not what people sound like when they're talking and you want to hear someone take a breath as they're about to say the mm-hmm. next thought exactly yeah you just have to yeah there's that, that happy medium between you know grossing listeners out with <laughs> Whatever's going on in your uh, your sinuses, and yeah, sounding not sounding like a vampire. You don't want to. Actually, I probably would listen to a podcast from a vampire. It'd be fab- fabulous. I'm sure there's someone. Who, I've I've heard almost every iteration. You, you've heard of the "Don't um, Sleep with the Sleep with Me" podcast, where the guy drones on, and he reads no. he reads everything in like monotone, and that and he puts people to oh, sleep. That's genius! And it's a top rated <gasps> podcast. It's he just keeps. Oh reading. no wonder. Yeah, he reads like That's amazing. W- warranties and just the most boring text ever and the most monotone voice ever. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. I'm going to subscribe to that like now. That because yeah, so. one of the things that I think is really fascinating about the whole podcasting thing is also that it's such an it's a new medium, but radio has been around for yeah. for a century, commercial radio. And and so that's one of the things that I kind of um I love about turning my subject into a podcast because you know radio was king in the 20s you did, nobody had a tv yet and they went to the cinema as much as they could but 
the radio was kind of the thing that was in somebody's living room that the family would crowd around in the evening the way we do around the TV. Um, and so there's so many, there's something so so classic and so um, so real about this, the oral tradition that it's so exciting how we're kind of doing it in this really modern way with podcasting as well. Yeah. Um, what's, what I thought was interesting is, is when you hear things on the, on the, on your podcast about the movie history that you, you, you're surprised about. And one of the things I think I was listening to today was the fact that when movies were first made, there was no thought about an archival process for them, right? <laughs> No, that oh, and that's one of the most heartbreaking things. Like the amount of you know times you read these incredible Hollywood history books, and they're like, and that's a lost film, and that's a lost film. But yeah, I mean, the 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 first generation of filmmakers, the majority of them came from from vaudeville and from theater. Uh, and of course, one of the the amazing things about theater is once the run of a play is finished, that's it. That, that's all it was ever meant to be. And that's how they thought of films to start with. Um, and, and yeah, so I find that fascinating that there was this mentality that you you made a film and then you took it out so on tour, effectively. It wasn't like you had, you know, mass distribution that we have today. That actually was invented by a woman, Mary Pickford. Um, and, and once the film was over, it was like, right, throw that in the bin. That and the fact that it was made of nitrate, which is, is incredibly flammable. So I, I think it was... I think it was Mary Pickford who there's a uh, an interview with her from like the 60s or 70s I think it's on YouTube where she talks about the fact that she was asked by Hollywood historians in the 60s or something have you got any of your old films she was like yeah they're all here in my uh, you know my attic or whatever and she opened the box and they were just dust uh-huh. because because that was what they made film out of in those days if it didn't catch on fl- on fire it just it crumbled into yeah. nothing and it's yeah, it's so heartbreaking when you think of some of the incredible performances and and stories and um, the, the beginnings of film conventions. You know, the first time a lot of those things were on film, we'll never actually get to see because yeah. <laughs> because they've crumbled to dust. Yeah, it's it's just interesting, and I guess it makes you um, realize that w- there were different times back then, and but just appreciate the fact that you know that we we now have a way to almost maybe to the other extreme we can now record every single piece of information <laughs> in perpetuity that's true in perpetuity now mm-hmm. so it's uh, true and i think unfortunately that's possibly well i'm not necessarily unfortunately because it is what it is but i think that's one of the reasons that women and, and actually immigrants as well completely dominated hollywood in the first couple of decades it's probably because nobody took it seriously as a business it was just this mad little thing that people did out in that hollywood place whatever that was um and so that that's what made it i think so open for anyone who just had an idea and could get hold of a camera so it wasn't until the studio system came and people were like oh hold on a minute we wall street needs to get involved in investing in these films and we can make money then it sort of became legitimate and then all of a sudden it you needed a man to helm a helm a film if, if it's going to be legitimate yeah well, um, I'm glad that the story's getting out. So I'm, I'm wondering, as are, are you having learned what you learned in the beginning, where you said you had to stop for a, a, a little time? Do you feel like now that you're you're ready to tackle this in in a consistent fashion, and and that you have a lot more stories to tell? Uh, well, I'm definitely not short of material. Like the the deeper I get into research, for it, it's almost like a, a sort of spider's web because I'll be researching one. Um, episode and I suddenly see a, a female name that I've never come across before and all of a sudden I'm like oh I have to do an episode on her and her and her and her um so I'm yeah definitely not short in material and I also want to eventually expand into just looking at other aspects of the film industry from a feminist perspective you know there were like uh Victor Hustrom who was a, a Swedish director who was um who was quite big in the the early years of Hollywood I think is arguably a, a feminist director, even though he's a guy. Mm. I, Irving, I can never say Irving, Irving Thalberg. I think arguably also, I mean, he really uh, looked after female filmmakers, particularly screenwriters. He seemed mm. to almost prefer female uh, screenwriters. So there's lots of other aspects or, or looking at uh, the vamp character, for example, from a feminist perspective and try and figure out whether she was a feminist or not. That's That's up in the air. Um, so yes, yeah, so the short answer is yes, there's millions more stories that I really, really want to tell. Um, 
for how long or how consistently I'll do it. We'll just kind of see see how it goes. If people people keep listening and more people listen, then yeah, the sky's the limit, really. Very good. Um, well, I, I think if you if you keep providing content that's different and as detailed as you do, I think that's that's probably why you're attracting people who hear this as something different than than what's currently out there, or maybe there is nothing out there like it, which is why people find it fascinating as well possibly it could be a little bit of both i think um i mean there are a handful of uh, early hollywood podcasts also you must remember this is kind of the, mm-hmm. the the major one which is fantastic it's i'm completely addicted and um, although most of the the periods that she covers are again a little bit of so 20 30 years after my period um so there are a handful of podcasts on hollywood history and then there are a handful on like women's history or or, or feminism as far as I've discovered so far, I think I'm the only one to really combine the two in terms of history, at least. There's a, a couple of women filmmakers and women directors. So I've hopefully got maybe maybe a little a little niche to, to play yeah. in for the moment. So um so yeah, we'll see. And I think my in some ways it's what really excites me about doing it, but then in other ways I guess it's a challenge insofar as each episode is it's a big time commitment. It's mm-hmm. it's a good couple of days to pull all together I mean it's been 10 years in, in the research but to pull together my research and to write the episodes and um so that's probably my biggest challenge is figuring out whether I can streamline it or I mean I'm a long way off I think realistically having any kind of income from the podcast so I'll just need to figure that out because it, it's also it's a labor of love as well so I don't think that'll change very good well um I definitely caught my ear so I'm I'm wishing you all all the best with it and and, and I'm hoping you you will be consistent with it thank you very much well I've so, certainly planned to fingers crossed <laughs> so I have a we usually wrap up with a couple of uh questions for every guest um the first one is what is something that you've changed your mind about recently oh like in anything yeah anything oh um I might have to think about that for a moment. Nothing is. The only example I can think of, and it's really awful, but for some reason it's what's popping into my mind. I um, I just bought my first paddleboard. I'm a little bit obsessed with, pa- with stand-up paddleboard. That's right. I did see and... that on your website. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I've been, it's like a growing obsession. Um, and especially because I've now, kind of figured out a way that I can actually sit on it and uh, with a notebook and I can write and I'm like this is the way forward so I bought my very first one and I bought um, a blow-up one which for years I had been told was like they're rubbish don't ever bother and then I went on one and I discovered that I actually been completely completely wrong which is a really rubbish example but I did change my mind and I did actually run up to the woman who'd said, oh, these are only blow-ups, I was like, forget it. And then I went back and apologized to her because, yeah, I was proved wrong. Well, that's I love asking the question because I get the, the widest range of answers. <laughs> I've got, you know, people with, I think some people, so one person said uh, they they no longer drink soda or just, <laughs> it's just, just the most random thing. <laughs> and sometimes they're deep and sometimes, you know, we, we go down another rabbit hole. But I, I always think it's uh, something to make people think. So that's it. Yeah, I wish I could have thought of something like deeply philosophical or like a political position, but I'm like, no, 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 to. no because that's... Up paddle is good after all. <laughs> it is. Um, what's the most misunderstood thing about you? Ooh, um, poss- well, this is another really shallow a- answer, but possibly my accent. I totally confused because I grew up in like four different countries, depending on who I speak to I'm actually really focusing right now not to pick up too much of your American accent because I do that all the time and then people are like wait a minute I thought you were Scottish a minute ago and I'm like yeah but I think because I I spent such formative years in the states and in Mm. that time I I totally had pure American accent my parents were like who are you I well it's so funny you say that because when you were earlier uh um you you said an example that you were talking to a friend and and you repeated a female name and I was just struck by how american sounding it was <laughs> when you pronounced it i was like oh that's interesting and i thought maybe you're uh, yeah. just doing an affectation <laughs> well that's the, the worrying thing as i've actually got in trouble before because people have thought that i've been making fun of them because I, i'm talking to them it's just this natural chameleon thing and i can't stop it i would quite happily just talk like a glaswegian all the time but i actually nearly got like 
in trouble in a pub in London just last summer that I was talking to this guy from Yorkshire. I don't know if you know what that accent sounds like. It's like Northern, like, I don't know, a bit like Oasis, okay. kind of how they talk. And um, I, I just, I kept on picking up and I've never been to Yorkshire in my life. And he was all like, you're making fun of me. And I was like, no, I can't stop it. I'm really sorry. So that's probably the main thing about me that confuses people, um, whether it's necessarily their misunderstanding or I'm just confusing them. I don't know. Yes, very, very entertaining. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I can see how it could get you into trouble. It can do, yeah. particularly because at the moment I've just moved back to Glasgow. I haven't, I didn't actually grow up here. I haven't lived okay. here since I was eight. So that actually kind of confuses people because when I talk to other Glaswegians, I sound like I have never been away because it's the chameleon thing. And then I don't know my way around the city and I'm like asking for directions. It's like the equivalent of a New Yorker being like, does anyone know where Times Square is? Yeah. I'm kind of like, does anyone know where Queen Street Station is? And they're like, how can you not know where Queen Street Station is? And I've got to be like, oh, my dad got a job in France and oh, it's a long story. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's funny. Uh... <laughs> it's a weird affliction. Out of all the afflictions to have, it's an odd one. Yeah. It's probably a podcast buried in there somewhere as well in, in your future. Yeah, possibly. I think there is something really fascinating about, yeah, the the oral tradition. And, because I think you almost, different accents can give you different personalities. There's yeah. even times that I've noticed that, that, I think when I was a teenager, I used to flirt in American. For some reason, it's easier to kind of get that whole like, oh, really? Oh, hi. Oh, okay. Um, and But then like if I was, like when I was directing, I'd be like, right, now I'm going to take my London accent and I'm going to, you know, <laughs> run this this room and I don't quite know what my Glaswegian character is but I, I think there is something really interesting about accents and language as well yeah um, that can I don't know if it changes personality or just changes perception of personality but something interesting there anyway yeah probably a little bit of both well, uh, as, as you might imagine, this has been uh, a quite a wide-ranging conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did warn you I'm not big on sticking to subjects. Yeah, no, it's okay because this is what, uh, you know, the, the whole mood I'm going for is just the, the, the listener pulling up a chair while we're having a, a conversation, you know, in a bar and, and, and that because that's really what, what connects people mm -hmm. is like real conversations and natural conversations. Absolutely. It's um, it's something I love that I, idea of it. I've been toying with possibly adding a series at some point that would be talking to actor friends about uh, a movie from the period, like one of the few that that we're able to actually find. Because one of the great thing is that because a lot of them are over 100 years old, they're in the public domain. So they're actually okay. freely on YouTube. And you can actually for once, you know, with a clear conscience, say that people can watch them on YouTube. Um, and so I love the idea of we'd watch it together and then kind of break it down and discuss it as a film and discuss whether or not a film like that could be made today. Like there's one I've talked about in the Lois Weber episode that, you know, it was a pro-choice film made in 1916. And that was a, a major, you know, mainstream Hollywood release. I don't know if that could really be done today. Certainly not with a, a great deal of controversy. And there was controversy around it, but it was still it was released and it was done. So I love the idea of it, but it frightens me a little bit as well. I think this whole freestyle thing, I yeah, I take my hat off to you. I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, you, you definitely have your, your plate full already based on what seems like a lot of the research that you do for each of the episodes. Mm -hmm. um, for the moment. For the moment. Uh, so what's the best place for folks to track you down online? Um, for this podcast, probably uh, womenofhollywoodland.com okay. um, is pretty simple, or me generally, csduffy.com. Well, clearly. If you're interested in other insanity things I do. <laughs> if you found the past 50 minutes entertaining and you want to <laughs> continue the, sh <laughs> the shenanigans, then that would be the website. Indeed. Well, Claire, thank you so much um, for taking the time to come on. I'm always fascinated by what goes on beyond what we hear on the episodes, which is where I, I love taking these conversations. You know, the, the listener knows already, they can go listen to your show and, and see what you do with that. But a lot of times they don't know what your thought process is or, or, or what you were mm -hmm. thinking as you were putting these episodes together. So um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Not at all. Thank you. So thanks again to Claire for coming on the show. It was really interesting to 
hear about her podcasting journey and how she was so excited to get started that she just wanted to jump into it and taught herself. And you can see by the things that she spoke about by her career as a screenwriter that this is a self-starter, <laughs> most definitely. So we are a proud member of Podcastica.com. Head on over to Podcastica, which is keeping me sane with its Game of Microphones uh, podcast as I get through my Game of Thrones season. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Podbean, podbean.com slash podcast junkies. So heads up, if you're heading to Podcast Movement in Anaheim, California at the end of this month, Dates are the 23rd through the 25th, if I have those correct. You can get 15% off, which is the best discount available, by heading over to podcastjunkies.com slash podcastmovement. And it's a discount for anyone who uses that link. So please, if you've been on the fence and you want to go, please go. I'm love to see you there. It's, it's one of my favorite events of the entire year. And uh, look for the bright yellow shirt as well. Podcastjunkies.com slash podcast movement. If you made it this far, you're no doubt listening out for the retention hashtag. In honor of Claire's podcast, we'll make it Hollywood Land Claire. So it's a bit longer this time. So it's Hollywood Land Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E. And you can tag Claire at Chill Divine. Cool Twitter handle, by the way. C-H-I-L-L-D-I-V-I-N-E. And of course, us at podcast underscore junkies. Tune in next week to hear my conversation with Nicole Aboud. She's the host of The Gen Y Lawyer. If you haven't already, don't forget to download our free PDF, Eight Tools to Skyrocket Your Podcast Launch. It's updated for 2017. You can find it at podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. And you can either spell it out or put the number in eight tools, podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. Thanks so much for all the support for the show. Take care and have a fantastic week, guys.